Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Amen. Our text this morning is the gospel which we've just heard read and to which I would like to add the next three verses from Luke 23. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you might think that our week has gone from one extreme to the other. You might think that one moment was all about the past and the other moment is all about the future. And you might think that of the two events, you could easily guess which event was permeated with a deep and overflowing joy and which event was begloomed with a pall of concern and grief. But a week like this can change the way you think about a lot of things. On Tuesday, our family gathered to lay to rest the mortal remains of my mother. And here we are this morning to celebrate the baptisms of Jordan, Jaden, and Liam. So closely together did the events fall that Heather didn't think she and her children had time even to make it home to Ohio and back to St. Louis for the weekend, so they came straight here with the rest of us from the funeral. In fact, this year has seen our family bereaved twice. Jill's mom passed away in March. Two women born in 1928, two women passed away in 2019, and two boys born in 2019. Two farewells and two welcomes to the family. You might think that we had gone from one extreme to the other. And while all of this was going on, Pastor Dinger sent me a very helpful note informing me of the readings for today. Without knowing it, adding to this series of unsettling events, the hardest of all to deal with. Funerals, baptisms, and now a crucifixion. While I'm trying to come to peace with the image of the bodies of these two dear ladies dressed in their finest, resting in their coffins, Luke forces upon me the image of the stripped and tortured and nailed to a cross body of my Lord Jesus. While I'm marveling at the miracle of these tiny hands just big enough to grip my thumb, these hands of the sons of my son, Luke holds before me the bloodied and nail-pierced hands of the Son of Man. You might think that we had gone from one extreme to the other. In several three-hour chunks of time, that's how long it takes to drive from Fenton to Savoy, Illinois, 
And in a few of those quiet hours that come between midnight and dawn, I tried to make sense of these things, this mysterious way God has of ordering the events of our lives to draw us closer to him, to help us to come to know him better, to give us an occasional glimpse of how deep his love for us really is. And I began to see that baptisms and funerals were not opposite extremes at all, and that what makes them practically the same event is the baptism he had to be baptized with, the death he died once for all. Now, I suspect it has something to do with the difference between being a father and being a grandfather. But the thoughts that came to my mind when I first held my grandsons were very different from the thoughts that I had when I first held my son and my daughters. When I first saw and held our children, my mind was flooded with thoughts, and they were pretty much all about the very immediate present. Am I holding you right? Please, please, please don't cry. Do I even know how to change a diaper? And will I be able to tell when I need to? But for some reason, when I held Liam and Jaden, my first thoughts were all about the future. From, I can't wait to see these two grow to be boys and then men, to what will they look like? And then, how will their being twins shape the way they relate to each other as brothers, to mom and dad as sons? And right away, I began to think of the world that they will be growing into. They are so small, and the world is so big. They are so innocent, and the world is so not. They are so vulnerable, and the world can be so cruel. Weep not for me, you grandfathers of St. Louis, but weep for your children and your grandchildren and for their mothers. I haven't been able to protect my own children, let alone my own mother, from the pain and the heartaches, the pain and the heartbreak that life in this world has thrown at them. What chance do I think I have of faring any better with these two sweet boys? I have no concerns, no questions, no anxieties, no worries whatsoever about our mother's futures. They are as certain and as sure as he is who said, I am the resurrection and the life, and then proved it. Their forecast is clear and sunny with a 0% chance of a precipitating tear. I realized I could not say that about our boys. I could not, it is true, promise them, let alone guarantee them, a future without sorrow, without suffering, without tears and grief and separation. I cannot, and neither can you, Grandma, 
Neither can you, Nana and Papa. Neither can you, Mom and Dad. And neither can you, brothers and sisters in Christ. But we can be every bit as certain and confident about the future of Jaden and Liam as we are about the future of Artis and Phyllis. And the way to that certainty is by doing with them what we did with our mothers, what the son did with his own life. Commit, commend, and trust them to the Father's hands. Father, into your hands I entrust my life. Have you ever noticed how much handing over of Jesus happens in the final weeks of his life on earth? Judas hands him over to his enemies. The soldiers hand him over to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin hands him over to Pilate. Pilate hands him over to the will of the people and the power of his executioners. He passes from hand to hand until his own hands are nailed to a cross. But there is one act of Jesus being placed into someone else's hands that is not violent or cruel or hateful, not motivated by pride or jealousy or the lust for power. And that is Jesus' own act of placing himself into his Father's hands. It is an act of love and it is an act of trust. It is an act of faithful obedience and of obedient faith. The words he speaks come from Psalm 31, and the act itself is the embodiment of another verse from the psalm. I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Knowing that his Lord, his Father, is faithful, knowing that this is the God who redeems life from death, this Son entrusts the very breath of his life, the very thing that makes life life, his spirit into the hands of his Father. The Christian funeral is a celebration of baptism, and these baptisms that we celebrate here this morning mark the passage of these two tiny boys through death into life. Don't tell me that you didn't know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We committed the bodies of our mothers to their resting place in the earth to await the day of resurrection. But their lives, their spirits, we let go of them and entrusted them to the eternal embrace of the Father. Although the bodies of these two boys hardly know yet how and when to rest, we dare not wait a moment longer to entrust their lives into the hands of their Father, our Father, Jesus' Father. The Father who can guarantee our inheritance. The Father of Christ the King who transfers us from the domain of darkness, of death, shadow, into the ever-bright kingdom of his beloved Son. The Father who is and who is our only mighty fortress. 
from whom we receive redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have just welcomed these two boys to Timothy, to our family here, and to the whole Christian church that honors no boundaries of race or class or nation or century, but transgresses them all. But what we have done around this little font here this morning would all just be ridiculous and empty boasting were it not for the fact that today Christ the King declares that he is their king too. The world may try to lay its hands on these two, and there will almost certainly be times when we fear they have succeeded. But that's just appearances. That's just the world deceiving itself again. For today, the king who reigns from manger and cross and empty tomb and from the right hand of the throne of heaven takes two boys into his hands and says, These two are mine. And no one, no one can snatch them out of my hands. What he does for them today, he has done for you and me. Baptisms, no less than funerals, must teach us to number our days, must call us to ask ourselves, how are we doing? as followers of him who is the way, as those who walk in newness of life, as those living within the promise of paradise. Little children, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The Son has taken you into his hands, into his death, into his new life, and entrusted you along with himself into his Father's hands. What could possibly wrench you from such a secure hold? Death cannot, and life cannot. The height of joy, the depth of grief, his hold on you is stronger than either, and it is stronger than both. Wealth, power, poverty, loneliness, doubt, abuse, selfishness, heartlessness, nothing is stronger than the grip of this king and of his kingly father. Christ belongs to God, and you belong to Christ. Abide in him. Live in him, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.